it's Andi, and welcome to another episode of Art with Andi. Art is generally not given a lot of importance in school, whether it's dance, music, or studio art. None of the art majors are listed as one of the popular majors amongst college students. I hope that speaking to some accomplished artists about how they incorporate art into their lives will inspire us all to include art in our lives as well. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Eliza Poggi. Eliza is a sophomore at Yale University from the Washington, D.C. area. During her nine years at the National Cathedral School, she sang in the National Cathedral Girls' Choir and performed for numerous events of national significance, including the 2016 inaugural prayer service and the 2018 funerals of Senator John McCain and President George H.W. Bush. Inspired by summers in D.C. spent doing geologic research at the University of Maryland and the Carnegie Institute Department of Terrestrial Magnetism and taking various Arabic courses, she decided to pursue a Bachelor of Science degree in Earth and Planetary Science and continue to learn Arabic. Outside of her classes, Eliza sings in Yale's oldest vocal ensemble, the Yale Glee Club, and is involved in disability advocacy. At home in Washington, she fosters kittens with her mother and sister, Julia. I'm excited to get to know more about her today. So, hey, Eliza, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know, um, adjusting to the pandemic, um, well, adjusting to school with the pandemic, um, and living with a few other college students, um, so it's been fun. Wow, yeah, I know, I've definitely been adjusting as well. It's definitely a change, yeah. So I'm excited to get to know more about you. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. So in an effort to get to know you a bit better, I want to start off with a rapid fire round. Um, I assume you know how it works, but just in case you don't know, I will ask a question and you can answer it in a few seconds. So if you're ready, we can get started. So what are your biggest musical influences? Okay, um, probably my teachers, um, so we're looking for some NCS STA shoutouts. A. Scott Wood, um, love him, um, Mike McCarthy, um, my piano teacher Amy, um, all really great people. Wow, I love that. Okay, so three musicians, dead or alive, that you would want to meet? Uh, Carolyn Shaw, alive, um, really cool person. Um, you should check out her, it's more contemporary music. Um, Hildegard. Um, she was a, um, uh, 12th century female composer, um, and like one of the big person, people, big people in monophony at the time. Um, and then also Britney Spears, um, because I just love her so much. <laughs> yeah, I want to check out the first two, but the last one I think we've all heard of. Um, and then the top, a top thing on your bucket list. Um, definitely to go to Morocco. Um, I went once when I was very young, can barely remember it, except I do remember playing with many of the feral cats um, and enjoying that, which I would probably still enjoy to do. Um, but now that I'm older, I think a dream of mine would be to study um, geology there. It's the convergence of three tectonic plates and also the Arabic. Wow, I, that, that's such an interesting fact. Uh, I love to travel as well, so that would be a great destination to visit. Um, your favorite quarantine activity? Avatar The Last Airbender, hands down. I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, describe yourself in three words. Um, you know, I struggle, I struggle with these uh, types of questions. Uh, so maybe I'll put indecisive as one of them. Um, and um, then hardworking. 
Okay. That's three. Yeah, that works. Um, what's your favorite song? Um, I think it, I'd have to go with Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, I've asked this question all the time, and I always think, like, what's everyone's favorite song? You know, like, I've known all the words to it since I can remember. Great song. Yeah, agreed. Um, so what would you say is your dream job? Ideally, I would work in um, some sort of career that could blend um, protecting the environment with also protecting um, the rights of people who are affected by climate change or um, by exploitation of natural resources. Um, I've studied Arabic in college, so um, maybe this would take me to um, a region that speaks that language, um, or maybe it would mean... Um, uh, you know, further study of um, climate and climate change and um, what effects that will have on um, uh, on our society. We'll see. Yeah. Wow. That sounds great. Um, your favorite hobby? Um, fostering kittens, as you may know about my sister who posts copiously on Instagram about um, kittens we take care of. That's been a lot of fun. Um, also, I took a creative writing course over the summer, and that was really great, um, kind of reconnecting with creative writing, which is something I really love to do that I haven't really been able to do that much in college. Yeah. So if a movie was made about your life, who would play you and why? Um, Florence Pugh, because I identified so hardcore with the Amy depicted in, like, you know, last year's movie version of Little Women. Like, not so much in the book, but... Like, in the movie, like, yes, I am Amy 100%. Um, and also, I loved her in Midsummer. I, I love her, too. I love the influence that she's had on the film industry. Um, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who do you trade it with and why? Um, Kate Middleton. Oh, she's wow. Just, like, so glamorous and elegant and also just, like, does so many things. Even with a pandemic, like, of course, she comes out, like, with, like, a beautiful face mask that just looks like it was part of her outfit and is, like, you know, doing the most in humanitarian causes. That's a great choice. Yeah. Okay, so those were some great responses. So let's get started with the next segment of this episode. So, Liza, when did you first start singing? Um... I mean, evidently, like, I would kind of, like, make up random songs, like, or, like, sing, you know, like, the potty training song or, or whatever, like, when I was a little kid. <laughs> um, but, like, formally, um, that would have been when I was in third grade, and um, my mom made me join the church choir with her. Okay. Who or what inspired you to continue this passion? Yeah, um, so... Um, when my parents were actually like looking into schools uh, for me and then later my sister, um, one of the reasons we chose NCS was because of the Chorister program. Um, so it was always kind of on, you know, people's minds that I might want to pursue it. Um, but it wasn't until I auditioned for Novice that I realized just, you know, how important kind of choral music had become in my life um, and how much I love to sing. So that was definitely a pivotal moment for me. Yeah, that's, that's great. So you spent a good portion of your time at the National Cathedral School. How do you think going to NCS and being in close proximity to the cathedral influenced your singing? Yeah, so I mean, as a chorister, I was probably around an average of like 13 hours a week uh, at the cathedral. Um, so I mean, it was a lot. And then that's not including like the special services and concerts like Messiah. Um, we would also do like, we did the Mozart Requiem, uh, Bach, um, 
um, we various large Bach projects. I'm um, thinking like Yezu Minor Freude, and then we also did um, Mass and B Minor, just my personal favorite. Um, and then of course we had the events of national significance, uh, whether that was when I was in seventh grade, we sang at the reopening of the National Monument. I was like, this is so cool, I'm on TV. Um, and I didn't know that you know, later it would be even a more big of a deal when we were singing for um, John McCain's funeral and then later um, President um, President Bush's funeral. Um, so that was really cool, not only to see, you know, the professional adult musicians um, in the church, um, but, you know, a whole group of groups of people like the um, um, like military musicians, for example. I mean, like the Marine Band was just, they would come in every year for Veterans Day and that was incredible. Or like the army of bagpipers that they had for the annual Kirkin of the Tartan ceremony. Or, um, oh my gosh, the Baroque Orchestra for the Messiah. They were just like the best. Like they would, oh my gosh, I remember like watching some of the violinists and being like, I want to be them when I grow up. Um, so yeah, definitely super cool. Yeah, it sounds like you've had some great experiences at NCS in choir. It sounds like a huge commitment too. So did your singing shape any other parts of your life? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, throughout my time in high school, I was dealing with probably some significant um, challenges in my family at home. Um, my father was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis before I was born, but um, the summer before freshman year, um, he became quadriplegic. And so, you know, it's like really a kind of a difficult, tumultuous time at home, not really understanding what was going on with my father's health. Um, and I think I really found solace in the choir, um, being able to sing. Um, as a way to, as an outlet for me, um, not just to express my emotions, but you know, to to focus on something I really loved um, and work on self improvement um, mm -hmm. as a coping mechanism. Um, yeah, and so then later, when my my father ended up dying, my senior year of high school, my sister and I actually sang with some members of the choir um, at the funeral, and we we planned all of the music, which was, I don't know, a little bit cathartic, at least having earlier that year saying it to funerals of national significance for two Navy veterans and then singing from my dad, also a Navy veteran, um, definitely felt cyclical in a way. Wow, I'm really sorry to hear that, but I'm glad that singing has been so impactful for you and that it's helped you along the way. Um, so singing or any type of art is meaningful not only because of the messages that can be sent through it but also because it teaches us more things about ourselves what have you discovered about yourself while singing um well i always thought i had like a very tiny voice uh when i started singing and that's partially because you you know you start with these chorister programs before you've hit puberty and you do have a tiny voice um and then when I was like about, I think halfway through eighth grade or maybe halfway through ninth grade, something something like that, I realized that um, my voice is actually a lot larger than I would have expected. Um, I don't know. And I think you could draw, you know, metaphorical conclusions about like, oh, like, you know, the ability of like one person to make change in the world, which I don't, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to get corny. Um, but I, I definitely do think that it kind of taught me what about what it means to at once like be an individual but also balance being part of a team um because that's kind of what choir is all about is being able to not only 
blend, but to literally like to harmonize uh, with your neighbors. Um, so I, yeah, and I think in more ways than one, being in the choir, just both with the actual um, physical singing demands and also the, you know, uh, social systems and structures um, was about um, balancing need, like individual needs with needs of the team. Yeah, I think a lot of people are generally more like solo singers, so they don't know a lot about the group experience, but I think you definitely had a unique time in choir. So are there any lessons that singing has taught you and how have you implemented that into other areas of your life? Yeah, um, so I guess the lesson that I'm learning right now is uh, to be flexible. Uh, so when I you know, graduated from NCS, I went on to Yale, um, and I joined the Yale Glee Club, um, which is actually the college's oldest vocal ensemble. Um, it's 160 years old right now. Um, and that was challenging because um, they don't sing in British accents, <laughs> which sounds so stupid, but, but like literally, I mean like singing, I mean, like, like you would think that at the cathedral they might make sure that, you know, when we were singing like spirituals, um, we didn't sing with British intonation, but we did. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of like switching that around was um, a little confusing. And I'm really lucky that they had a, um, a vocal lesson program that I could take advantage of. Um, yeah, and then, you know, on a more serious note, now that we're all in the pandemic, choral music is definitely taking a new form. Um, I mean, um, especially with scientific findings coming out that singing itself is a super spreading event. Um, it's yeah, I haven't gone to in-person rehearsal for, gosh, since since March. Um, we were actually supposed to go on tour the day that we learned that um, we were all booted from college. Um, so we all had our bags packed. We were going to go to Puerto Rico. Wow. Um, and we had even like commissioned this like really awesome Puerto Rican composer. Um, she was going to like, she wrote she wrote this like new piece for us and so we were gonna like sing it and we had this like joint project with like um some schools there like super cool yeah and then um we learned that we had to go home so yeah i guess like right now we're doing a lot of virtual projects uh we have kind of partner glee clubs at um princeton and harvard um so we're doing some joint concerts with that but it's really not the same when you're you know recording yourself singing alone with like an audio in your ear as opposed to like making music with other people live. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've seen a lot more of like the Zoom group singing things online and they're definitely interesting. I've loved them. So I, I it would be interesting to check out some of Yale's um, online singing sessions. We don't really have any yet. Oh, you don't? Okay. So yeah, we, so we actually disbanded after, I mean, not disbanded, disbanded, but like, we did not produce really any more official projects after um, being sent home, just because I mean things are so up in the air. It was hard to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm actually going to record. I think later tonight or maybe tomorrow. Um, our recording for our first like formal concert um, in the age of the pandemic. Well, I'll be looking forward to listen to that. <laughs> um, so you kind of touched on this, but how is the Yale Glee Club different from your high school choir? Um, yeah, so it's definitely more centered in the American choral tradition, um, and even more so 
in um, more worldly um, and much more diverse um, representations of choral music. Um, I love, you know, like traditionally Anglican choral music, like that's great, like that is my jam, like Purcell, you know, like Bach, like Handel, you know, um, I'm just naming Baroque composers, but also like C.B. Stanford, like, I mean, so Herbert Howells, like so many greats, you know, but they are predominantly white men. Um, so it has been interesting, like at Yale to be singing, um, a lot um, more diverse pieces. Um, so I'm thinking about um, one we sang last year. It was called Tutorana, um, which is a combination of Tarana, which is a traditional um, Hindu style of improvisation with um, um, the word tutti, which is Italian for all. So it's instead of just being like one solo vocalist over, you know, strings, it's like a whole choir. Um, and it was maybe one of the hardest pieces I've ever sang, um, both in terms of like the timbre, you have to do like a very bright, um, a bright sound, which is, you know, co- quite different in comparison to the more muted tone that uh, many choral singers adopt. Um, and also, you know, the pronunciation of words that I had never seen before, like, I mean, which is a little, a little wild given that, um, uh, <laughs> a little wild given that like we sing in so many different languages you know traditionally in Anglican music like Italian Latin you know even French sometimes um, but I had never even considered you know what it was like to produce to sing or you know produce the actual like different you know facial structures um, to sing non-western languages yeah um, yeah that's definitely a challenge um, if you want to check that out, by the way, it's um, Rina Esmail is the composer of Tujurana. Okay, I'll make sure to check that out, and everyone listening should go check that out as well. And yeah, I do Indian classical music and Indian classical dances, so I've done Tujuranas before as well, and I can definitely say that, yeah, they're definitely hard. Um, That's so cool. Like, I just, like, loved it, and it's just music I'd never been exposed to, you know, in my nine years at NCS. I'm not trying to diss on NCS, but definitely a very different style. Oh, yeah. I I can imagine, yeah. Um, So, after spending a year at Yale, tell us about how you have paved a path for yourself with singing and your major in college. How has college impacted your passion for singing, and how do you balance both your academic career and your passion for singing? Yeah. Um, so being a STEM major is a little difficult because of, you know, labs um, and such. And so, yeah, I found it a little difficult at first to kind of get the balance down. Um, there are so many different vocal opportunities at Yale, um, opportunities that I wish I could be a part of all of them, um, you know, including we have a very rich history of um, acapella groups, um, um, other choral music groups. Um, there's you know, opportunities for people to even um, be paid singers in local churches, um, tons of Episcopal churches in New Haven. Um, so, you know, the exact same type of music as you would hear at the cathedral. Um, I actually just stuck with the Glee Club um, and I am I was happy with that choice. Um, I thought it was a really good way for me to, you know, be able to sing while also adjusting to my first semester at college and, um, you know, like doing some demanding science courses. Um, yeah, later in the year though, um, I received a email on this like email listserv for, you know, Glee Clubbers about um, 
a person in the New Haven area who um, was severely disabled. Um, he has very advanced um, cerebral palsy, or not advanced, but um, he's disabled, he has cerebral palsy, and um, it's, you know, objectively a pretty difficult case. Um, but he has perfect pitch and he's a great singer. Um, and so he needed somebody who knew music to um, help him sing in this community choir, basically just to turn pages and, you know, get water for him and stuff. Um, and that was a really meaningful experience to be able to do that. Um, somebody who had very um, similar needs to this, my father, who is also essentially quadriplegic in a motorized wheelchair, um, but to be able to help them to do something that I truly love to do as well um, was, I don't know, like really, I think a good experience for both of us. Um, I think it's meaningful that you're combining music and helping out others as well. That's, that's definitely amazing. So do you think, do you personally, do you explore a certain genre of music or do you explore different types of music? Oh my gosh, I like wish I could tell you that like on my own, I just listen to like the coolest, most obscure like indie rock, but I don't. Um, <laughs> it's usually just like throwback Kelly Clarkson, Lady Gaga, Britney. I love Britney. Also like, save Britney. I don't know what's going on with her, but I just, I just really care about her. Um, also, I do, yeah, I do listen to choral music in my free time. So that would be like, I mean, like there's definitely some Messiah on my running playlist. Um, <laughs> You know, like, same old um, classic chorister stuff. Um, yeah. That's I, <laughs> I listen to a lot of throwbacks as well, so I completely get that. Um, so who would you most like to collaborate with if you were ever to create music with someone? Yeah, I mean, this is challenging. Um, I really like Caroline Shaw. Um, she recently won a Pulitzer Prize um, for her music. She's actually a Yale School of Music grad. Um, and I'm saying like one of her pieces, I, I just really loved. Um, so it'd be kind of cool to be kind of on like the front lines of, you know, contemporary music. And she does sacred music too, so contemporary sacred music. Um, on a less serious note, um, I recently learned that Pat Benatar is actually classically trained and she has so many bops, like it would be so cool to sing with her. I think those would be some iconic collaborations. I would definitely add those songs to my Spotify playlist. And kind of going off the previous question, which artist would you want to open a show for? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I wouldn't want to open a show for any of my favorite artists because like they would just like way outshine me. <laughs> um, but, hmm, you know, I really like Justin Bieber music and I wish I could say that like ironically because like he is kind of a terrible person, but I think we share some sort of kinship because we were both born on March 1st. Oh. So maybe open for Justin Bieber because like, you know, the comparisons I think would be a little less harsh, um, but I also... I know this like makes me a terrible person, but I really do like his version of Despacito, and I think it may be better than the original. No, I, I agree too. I, I think it might be a controversial thing to say, but I, I I liked it too. That's I know I would buy tickets for that show if you were going to open. Um, so I know that the future, especially now, is incredibly unpredictable. But what's next for you in terms of singing, college, and your career? Yeah. Um, so next semester, fingers crossed, um, I'm going back to college. Um, 
we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, regardless of whether it happens, though, I'm going to be continuing to study Arabic, um, geology, and also um, be participating in the Glee Club um, remotely. Um, so, you know, even if um, none of my classes or none of my you know, vocal ensembles can meet in person, you know, we will still be continuing. Um, there is a slight possibility that, um, pandemic permitting, um, we will go on a small tour, which would take us to Washington, D.C. Um, so that would be really fun if the Glee Club ended up doing that. Yeah. I don't think it will, but um, it's nice to have that as a lofty goal for the future. Yeah. Hopefully things will get better and that can happen. I, I would love to come see Yale's Glee Club if it came to Washington, D.C. Um, I love how you're managing to combine all of your passions despite the pandemic. It's very inspirational and I'm sure like many of the younger generations who are listening to the podcast would be inspired by you. And finally, do you have any advice for singers out there and specifically people who are balancing their singing and academic careers? Um, like keep it manageable. I mean, I definitely think in some ways I pushed myself too hard and in high school, like crazy schedules and you don't want to burn out. Um, at the same time, like do what you love. And like, if you're like, you should definitely do an activity if participating in it doesn't drain your energy. It, it kind of gives you more, it gives you fuel for the week. And for me, um, singing choral music really gave me that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with your advice. And I, I know I definitely need to make an effort to apply that into my life as well. So well, that brings this episode of Art with Onvi to an end. Thank you so much, Eliza, for making the time to be a guest on Art with Onvi. I enjoyed getting to know so much more about you. Everyone, make sure to go follow Art with Onvi on Instagram to stay updated.